Hi there, and welcome to Scale, a podcast for modern media. My name is Stuart Ritchie, the founder and lead developer at Powered by Coffee, a web and software development agency focusing on media companies, working with open source solutions to help them get where they're going and do what they want to do. Scale podcast is about how the technology impacts media and how media is impacted by technology. We're interested really in where things have been, where they're going, and a really tumultuous time for the media as we as we kind of come into the last half of 2023 as we're recording. Our guest today is Kieran Delaney, the CTO of Flatplan. Flatplan provides syndication for content from many content management systems into primarily Apple News, but there's some other kind of bits and pieces coming up there as well. Kieran, you have tons of content and publishing and media experience in your background from what, you know, we've known each other for a little while. Tell tell us all about it. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about Flatplan. Tell us how you got here. Sure, sure. Hello, and thank you for uh, thank you for having me here, Stuart. So yeah, so my, my background, to be honest, it will probably date me in terms of age, in terms of my background. So my background started working at a publishing company called ETP Limited, which was standard for inquiries today publishing. And they published magazines that you could, any product you saw within the magazine, you could actually fill in a form at the back, post it, and then the person selling that product could then get back in touch, possibly by telephone, I guess. So, I mean, that makes it sound like it started in the 1950s, but in fact, it was just at the advent of the internet kind of taking off, really. So I joined that company at that point, and I was the sole web designer, a, a bunch of print designers, and I had to kind of sell sell this internet thing to them in many ways, as well as working alongside their team. So I learned a lot about the quality and the production that goes into print, but also learned a lot about explaining why technology can sometimes massively help publishing industry. So that kind of has continued, as it were, for, for quite a few years. So I went from there into consumer publishing, so over to uh, Bauer Media. Oh, well, Bauer Media, as it's known now, it was called partly on one of their websites and also on the commercial side of things as well. And then went over to NME.com, which was kind of a flagship website publication for a time inc at the time. Very big, prestigious magazine with a huge website as well at that time. And that, that, kind, of, that kind of coincided with the rise of, of Facebook and the, the, size of, the size of the traffic that Facebook was bringing in to publishers like NME. And, and so we reacted a lot to that and kind of worked very closely with, with socials on that front. So left there and set up a company that, an agency really, that, that focused a little on the UX side of things, but really looked to bring together technology and business thinking together, really. So instead of just thinking about the platform that a publishing website should be built on, thinking about how it would make a big difference to, to publishers uh, as a whole. And from there, spotted spotted a kind of requirement for primarily for Apple News delivery, really. Apple News had, had been launched and it turned out it was quite difficult for publishers to, to, to reach that platform. So we built some software and it's kind of grown from there. And, and so now we are delivering hundreds of millions of, of article views a, a month to, to Apple News and expanding out to other, other news apps and news platforms from there. Basically. And this, this software, this is what has become Flatplan. 
That's correct. Yeah, that's flat plan. And so we are a no code tool for delivery to Apple News. And what that means really is that we, we, uh, we, we allow delivery into what's kind of quite a tricky format into a native app that Apple runs without requiring plugins or, or any development resource in one last line. Awesome. What's so difficult about Apple News? It's not a thing I've had to, to deal particularly with. So I'd love to, to hear why it's, why it's so hard to work with. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, so tricky about Apple News that Apple News is, as I say, every article is, is produced in a native format within the app. So what that means is that every, every article needs to be kind of recreated in that format and delivered into the app. Apple requires that for, for a number of reasons. So one of the reasons is page speed. The other reason is, if we're honest, with some media business websites, lack of ads. Apple prefers for the ads to be controlled by themselves and whatnot within the, within the platform. But it, it brings with it, and, and the other one is, is styling, really. So Apple offers some really lovely tools to, to really di- produce some really kind of print-level kind of designs for, for, for digital content. But that format, the format itself is tricky and the platform itself is tricky. And to give an example, if you were to deliver an article into Apple News and your, one of your editorial team mistyped the URL that was within the article, the whole article was rejected. In terms of, you know, the, the kind of delivery, the kind of build process, really, what we found when we'd first done it before launching Flatplan is that it felt like it wasn't too huge a task. And then the scope just grew hugely and it could turn into weeks and weeks of development, weeks of QA, and it could kind of bring in project management, editorial, design, development. And, you know, what that kind of led to, we found really, was that either project wouldn't get done it would just sit on the back burner for a very long time or the project would get done and it would just be done but it would be like look this has been horrific the the, the, the scope of this has grown so much let's just get it out there and we'll be, we'll be happy with it as it is and so you would go to the publisher's website and they would have paid so much attention to their mobile site ux design whatnot you'd go to the apple news channel and perhaps it wasn't wasn't very branded wasn't particularly working too well was quite buggy embeds didn't work the sort of stuff that you just wouldn't really allow in your own digital products really of course i suppose then it's also worth noting that there are other platforms that do this kind of thing beyond just apple news google news is one that kind of pops out to my head it seems to be much easier easier to work with i think to my mind those are the kind of big ones but are there others off the top of your head that you kind of know about that are worth looking into Yes, yeah, absolutely. I, th- there's there's quite a few now, really. I think that Google News, as you say, is the big one, and I think that the there was a there was a similar element to it to a degree with AMP, which you may remember. I'm sure you probably still deal with nowadays. But so the Google News is the big one. But the other big one, which people tend to forget about a little, is Flipboard. Flipboard has been around for donkey's years. Mm-hmm. It's been around for such a long time that people almost discount it nowadays. And we we speak to speak to people a lot about this but in fact it has a huge audience and it has a really nice element to it whereby you have magazines as they call it that you can curate on very specific topics they've got really really strong email side to to the platform whereby people have delivered content that's really relevant to their interests and also has curation from an editorial team at Flipboard, yeah. uh, you know, fantastic bunch of, uh, team as well that's a really big one smart news is another one that's that's really big and then there's some more Niche platforms, uh, Newsbreak is, is a good example. Newsbreak sure. is very heavily kind of led towards local news and, again, can, can bring in huge amounts of traffic to, to the right publishers. And I think 
to me, that local focus is is fantastic, right? I mean, who else who else is thinking about local publishing and in, in, in that it, it doesn't get as much love as it should. So, so yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you mentioned Flipboard. I find I've recently, like yourself, I just compl- not like yourself, but like you said, had completely discounted Flipbook as a thing that existed in the world. Mm. But from what I hear of what they're trying to do at the moment, it's really fascinating. Like they have just entirely doubled down on Flipbook as effectively an activity pub client, if that means anything to you. So that's the same um, protocols that run Mastodon and that kind of world of social, decentralized social media, which is very likely to be in our futures. And I think they are doing some like really interesting stuff around following and kind of engaging in content in that in that in that sphere and with that protocol. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Like this is a real differentiator. And I kind of can't wait to see what they do with that. As an aside, sorry, did you have something on that one as well? No, 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 you're absolutely right. And I think that we are, we're moving into a place where news platforms, I'm going to mention the AI, uh, the AI term, uh, the first time on this podcast so far uh, today. Um, but, you know, we're moving into a place where you've got like Artifact, which is a fantastic platform launched by ex-Instagram founders. They're using AI and, and machine learning in a really intelligent way to, fo- you know, to, to surface content to, to readers in a really strong why Flipboard is is looking to innovate, and I think yeah. that's what's really important. It's it's news apps not an easy business to run. I would imagine in the same way that many people say media businesses aren't as a whole. So yeah, I think innovation like that is is important. Awesome. So I mean, coming back to kind of the publisher's perspective, so I can imagine there are lots of reasons to be interested in these platforms. There's more eyeballs on your on your content, but to me, it feels like giving up a lot of control and maybe some conflicts around how those publishers are controlling and monetizing that content so I guess back to basics why why are publishers interested in these platforms and these syndication services and how do they get past these things actually in some ways being very annoying for the end users like my apple news does my head in because every now and again it's it just starts going off of like all right here's this and this and this and like i don't care please stop or it surfaces that same problem that you get on other social media that's algorithmic and you're like i'm not getting what i want i'm getting what i'm hate reading i'm getting what i'm like and like i can see myself being trapped into the same media bubble but yeah does that does that make sense you get where i'm coming from with these yes yeah i do yeah so so that's that's really interesting i mean i think that so to to go to you sort of First point, really, one of the primary reasons that we hear from publishers regarding Apple News in particular is discoverability. So one of the one of the things that's that is so fantastic about Apple News from 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 our perspective, what we've seen is the ways that publishers have surfaced their stories are surfaced to, to readers. So whereas quite often we're we're looking for readers to kind of relatively actively find us or search for us, what Apple News does is it will surface stories based on things like your Safari search history, the the context of an article, other publications that you follow that have similar interests, and then stuff like topics and stuff like that as well. And so what that means is that a publisher who who, who covers, for instance, a, a really interesting, strong interview with a movie star, could this, that story could be positioned alongside and, and on the same page as The Telegraph producing a piece of content about the movie that that, that, that star was in. And what that does, it just it opens up this opportunity, especially for 
I'd say medium-sized publishers to small, but certainly medium-sized publishers to to reach this audience that may not have actively searched them out. And from our perspective, that's not enough. What we do is we make sure that when the readers get to that page, that first of all, they understand what the publication is that they're looking at. We do that by strong branding on all of these article pages. But then what's key to us is that we drive follows within the platform, which increases the, the, the amount that you see from that publisher and then leads them into their own environment. So we position call to actions in the right spots within articles to drive through to publisher environments. And for me, so much of what we do now as an industry is about owning your audience data and getting that audience into their, into your own platform some way, some way and somehow. And I think if you've got that, quite frankly, a, a pressing a button on their phone and their news stories, if we get that audience into your environment, we've achieved something for that publisher, really. And it's kind of the old saying, meet, meet people where they are. They are yeah. in Apple News. If, if they've got an Apple device, they often are. You know, it's, In terms of uh, the, the, sort of the, the annoyance of, of some news apps, I think sometimes that does come down to, to perhaps, I'm not going to say this is your fault, Stuart, at all, but perhaps it comes down to not spending enough time with the app. Um, so from what we've sort of found or from what I've found anecdotally, the more you, the more you kind of consume content with these apps, the better they get at understanding what you like and what yeah. you don't like. You know, I have you know heard platforms where you, the, sometimes the lowest common denominator of of, of publishing sto- of, of stories can land on your phone without you wishing it to. And often, as you say, I think you called it a sort of anger click or something along those lines. Clicking it, slightly annoyed, but you also kind of want to know what the story is about. It's not, it's not the way that you. Um, so you know, I'd say that I would assume a large percentage of the audience that are regular users of these news apps are getting a good experience out of it. And I would say yeah. that, you know, but there's like anything, there's, a, there's an amount of the audience that, you know, are perhaps not. Yeah. Are there any numbers out there about how big that audience actually is? How many people are kind of consuming content through, through these readers? So, yeah. So, so in terms of Apple news, I think Apple news is, is up to about 150 million active users at, at present. I think one thing wow. to, it's not it's not the, the full the full world by any stretch it does from a publisher's perspective it does attract a pretty valuable audience you know the, the people that that are looking at apple news have quite frankly paid a lot of money for their devices kind of content that is mostly surfaced by the algorithm and certainly by the editors on apple news tends to be slightly longer form don't get me wrong there are there are more tabloidy type of articles that are like anything yeah. Uh, but there's also a really strong slant, particularly on weekends, to feature content and really strong content from that perspective as well. So it's a wide yeah. audience, but it's a valuable audience, really. I think that's what's key. That makes sense. So is that, I suppose, derived from that? But within app development circles, there was like an always an assumption that if you're going to build an app and you can only build for one platform, build for iOS because they will actually spend money. Like they're not as <laughs> price sensitive more than mm-hmm. some of the other platforms where there is more of a, a reasonable cost consideration kind of what things go. But that's really interesting. I didn't know it was limited to those countries. So 150 million across kind of a subset of the English speaking world is actually quite a significant audience. I mean, being you're both in the UK populations, what 60 million tops. So the overall yeah. Apple news audience is two and a bit times the population in the UK. That's far bigger than I ever would have anticipated. Actually, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a very big audience and it is, it is very US. And what we sort of see from a lot of publishers in the UK is that they think quite strategically about reaching that audience as well. So we do, we do some work with some publishers regarding sort of scheduling and how we can reach those audiences, you know, um, okay. as well. But yeah, it's a sizable audience and, and yeah. that's the beauty of a, an app that's produced by Apple themselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. One of the things with Apple is that if you read their marketing material, they're very privacy focused. Everything is on device. Everything is like, they don't want to know what you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. But how does that, does that ethos carry over into um, Apple News? Are there good analytics? Like do, do the publishing brands have a good sense of who is reading their content beyond it was clicked this many times over this period of time? Mm-hmm. Do they get kind of like good demographic data? Is there, is there stuff around that that they can access? Yes, there is. So one, yeah, one kind of impact from, from the privacy side of things is that you can't, you can't integrate Google Analytics into, into, into Apple News itself. So yeah. one kind of problem really is that, so you have a dashboard in, in Apple News Publisher, as it's called, which presents the analytics. So a lot of our publishers are, are looking at a minimum two dashboards. A lot of them are looking at Apple News very, very regularly. A lot of them are, are looking at their other analytics programs together. You get a fairly good uh, demographic break of kind of some of the usual kind of top level stuff from location to gender to age to all that kind of stuff. And you also get a breakdown of um, discovery sources. So if if, this, if the discovery source was a topic feed, you get a good understanding of where that came from. And that's broken down on an article by article basis. Um, awesome. We also have, so from our side, we also send analytics alerts to publishers, which just helps to just to kind of gain, to, to ensure that like newsrooms are paying attention to what's happening in Apple News alongside their website traffic. And the reason, or part of the reason for that really is that traffic often behaves quite differently in Apple News. There are lots of publishers that we see that can have huge success from one story one day that their website traffic is not it's not reached in, in any kind of similar way. So there's some there's some really interesting takes to be had from that that kind of analytics breakdown as well. And obviously that yeah. that stretches out to other platforms as well. But for us, we, we we hear publishers saying, "Wow, that story did fantastically on Apple News," and it's we need to do more with it on the site itself to because it's obviously compelling. You know. So are those? I wonder then if that's a basis of different modes of consumption, like. So Apple News, I suppose you've kind of got two modes of like, here's an alert for a story you've been giving that's kind of a breaking thing, but also the kind of more magazine, like you refer to earlier, kind of the longer form Mm. where people have gone into the app looking for something to consume and they've been served that rather than a destination website they might go to consume it that way. Is that broadly the expectation of what's happening there? Possibly, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons. I mean, the editorial, the sort of editorial curation, curation part of Apple News is kind of key. So at any stage of looking at the app, there is a, a human element to it. So if you log on to the homepage, the For You section of the homepage is curated by a human editorial team. I mean, all editorial teams are human, but they're humans that are curating yeah. it. Um, well, yeah, you never know. And then what then what's now happening across the platform is that that's going further and further into different sections so the team the team that curates sections is growing and so in topics is a really good example a new ios has, has rolled out this week and topics are now curated as well so whereas in the past you might have gone to politics us politics section and would have just seen a stream of content possibly lots of it from wall street journal etc cetera, etc cetera. Now there's a curated element to it. And so the team of really interesting stories, uh, sports section, there's 
whole human level to it. And the other part to it is, is as I mentioned, if you've got a story that happens to appear underneath the Telegraph or uh, the Guardian, etc., you could pick up a huge amount of traffic from off the back of being featured on that on that page as well. So it's yeah. that unique set of routes that you know can sometimes differ from so- social traffic or website traffic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it'd be interesting. Awesome, cool. So I mean, from the publisher side, I suppose from the brand side, you're looking at these syndication platforms, kind of really top of funnel as like trying to get someone down into brand exposure to then like consume our content on our own site or your environments as you kind of refer to them as but i'm aware that there is some level of monetization available within apple news kind of from the adverts placed directly in the ads but also is it apple news plus is the program that they run um, yes yep it didn't launch great from what i remember but it's apparently come a long way yeah absolutely so apple news plus has indeed come a long way i think that I mean, to, to kind of start off just from the, the, the simple kind of monetization perspective, yes, you can run ads in Apple News. It's a kind of backfill is kind of the, the way that most people are doing it. So it's the, the kind of initial approach from Apple's perspective, I believe, was direct advertising. So run direct advertising through your own ad server into Apple News. That's then kind of you have a waterfall approach and then you can have backfill advertising that Apple's Apple, Apple sells on. It's, it's MPC Universal. Oh the sell on it and then you can run house ads so you can have a kind of waterfall system like that that isn't a isn't necessarily the backfill advertising side of, of apple news monetization deal as it were for, for publishers simply i mean for, for various reasons but what we tend to find is that again that discoverability element is is kind of key and so we often say to publishers about using house ads as well within within that kind of waterfall. And then one thing that's kind of happened relatively recently, which has certainly sort of increased monetization for publishers, is that certain programmatic partners are now working within Apple News as well. So you can you can you can speak with with, with some of quite often programmatic partners you may be working with already. They can plug in plug in <laughs> and go on, on Apple News as well. And then you've got but as I say, for us really the focus is Often we, we don't get too involved in the advertising side of things. We're much more about the distribution of the content. And so we for us it's more about getting that audience into those environments as I say, really. So yeah, that's that's the kind of advertising side. Apple News Plus is, as you mentioned, the subscription product that Apple run on Apple News as well. It's heavily magazine based or periodical based, really. And there are this kind of traditional magazine publishers and newspaper publishers that are, that are within the subscription bundle and then you've got a few publishers like vox that are doing quite interesting periodical style products within news plus as well and you're right we are now hearing a lot from publishers saying this is this is making a difference in business now this has grown to it's no longer just this line item it's actually quite an important part of what we do and there's an, obviously there's a there's a monetization element to it but there's also a circulation element to it. It counts within circulation and it allows you to run advertising as you would in publication and, and whatnot cool. as well. So, yeah. so there's, there's some, there's, you know, the thing about it that, that I think is really interesting is that the approach from Apple was to, it was to think about the print products in many ways. You know, it was to launch this subscription news product, but based around magazines. You know, I think for me, the fact that, Print goes, goes all the way back to when I first started out. I care a lot about print. And I think for there to be another revenue stream for magazine print publishers, to me, is, is positive, you know. Uh, yeah. So. 
I just want to come back to something there that you mentioned, circulation. Real, like old, not that old school, but like it's an old print term. And I can envision that there are people here that have never had to work with a print publication. And circulation isn't obvious what it is. Tell us, like define that for us. Okay, sure. So yeah, I mean, the, the so I mean, the, the, the figures that we used to look to, and it, don't get it wrong, I was always the web designer in these companies, mm. but the, the ABCs are what would come in very regularly, and that was the Audited Bureau of Circulation. And that was quite simply a number of magazine issues that had been sold or had been, should we say, opened by people, read by people. So that's, that's the interesting thing, how many had been read, not how many had been sold. So you would yes. get like yeah. different publishers with different multiples of mm. this one magazine sold would maybe be seen by anywhere from two to 80 people, depending if how likely they thought it would end up in a dentist waiting room or something. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, there, yeah, exactly. There was a, a lot of interesting stuff that, that happened with, with circulation in, in back in the, back in the days. I think that, I think it was, I think the ABCs was always about how many were not necessarily looked at, but were distributed and I wouldn't say purchased, but were definitely in a single person's hand. They didn't, they didn't look specifically at how many people shared it. That was something that we always did on it, like internally at places of saying, oh yeah, this was definitely, every issue is read by 10 separate people, hundred percent. But, but yeah, it's the, the circulation numbers were always hugely, hugely important. And then, yeah, they kind of like, they dwindled and, but you know, now, you know, there are apps, which again, it's not really our expertise, but there's apps like Readly and, and, and Apple News Plus as well sure. that, that do, they, they play into uh, the circulation numbers, which is which is good because people are consuming them. And then I think the other thing with this is we're seeing a lot of publishers move to direct relationships with with their readers. So they're having their own subscriptions, more so than being purely advertising driven. And how does this all play out from your experience within Apple News, because you're going to have, most of these publications are going to have some amount of free content, absolutely fine. Throw it in the syndication platform, get it out there, get it into front of the editors and exposed. But some of the really good content, like the in-depth journalism, is going to be behind that paywall to make yep. sure it is paid for. Well, how, how do you feel, or what have you seen or experienced around how teams should balance the need to make sure that content is monetized to pay for it itself, but is possibly a really good top of funnel piece for, for the Apple use editorial team to be like, yeah, let's highlight this one along with the need to then not devalue that content as being free. So to put off possible subscribers in the future from like, well, anything good ends up free in this, like where. And I imagine there's no one right answer to that. It's going to be different for each publisher and their own needs. But what what have you seen happen? What have you seen work or not? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think you're right. It, it very much varies on the publisher's strategy itself and, and, and also in many ways the, the type of publication that uh, they produce. We work with Creative Review, which is in many ways kind of a B2B publication but does cross over into B2C very much and the way that they approach it is that they yeah they drip feed some of their content and the content that they drip feed tends to be the stuff that is kind of consumer facing with that hook into 
this is really interesting and this is about design, but there's a lot more to think about, a lot more to do with the creative arts that you can, you can dig into and you can really consume it as a lovely product that you can own, et cetera, et cetera. And then we work with publications like The Atlantic, who are a revered um, current affairs um, publication that deliver almost everything, I think possibly everything into Apple News. So they deliver magazine into, into Apple News Plus and they deliver free content and paid content into Apple News as well. And I think to me, more publishers, a lot of publishers now are thinking further than just here's some content, you have to pay for it. It's a lot more about here's what comes with your subscription and here's what membership means and here's like community and here's everything that goes with being a subscriber to to this publication. And I think that's where the message has to be, I think has to be wound into these platforms in order to make sure that the reader is in no way thinking that they've got the full product by by seeing some content on a platform of some sort. Some sort. If you sign up for, if you've got a really good system for uh, data capture and then you use newsletters really in a really smart way and then direct those readers, I mean, look at the New York Times, direct those readers into a messaging that, that makes it so clear as to as to the journey that you're undertaking by being part of this community. That's the way that you, you know, you, 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 you gain a, a really strong subscriber base, I think, really. You know, I, I recently subscribed to or resubscribed to the New York Times because because of their audio app that they just they just released and and heard loads from them, so much from them on, on email. It might have annoyed you, Stuart. I know you said you uh, didn't like too many push notifications, but got loads of emails in and it was so clear to me what this meant. It's like, oh, there's a lot here. There's a lot for me to be to, to be consuming here and that's exactly what i want so i think discoverability on any of these platforms is that opportunity to reach an audience that quite simply may never have engaged with you at all if it wasn't for that and i think that it's our job or all of our jobs really to, to make sure that that becomes valuable to to the to the media business itself really absolutely because this all sounds very positive you put your content into into apple news and other syndication services and you're exposed to a whole world of new readers that wouldn't have been exposed to the brand. If you are so inclined, you can do some monetization within that. But there must be some downsides to all of this as well. I mean, you've alluded to the fact that it's actually a very difficult platform to work with and to actually get the technical piece of it right. A lot of it feels like it's about getting on the right side of an editor to pick you for curation. But are there... Are there downsides other than it's a risk? You're going to put some time and money into it and it might not pay off, at least not immediately. Or what have I missed in all this? What's the... Yeah, I mean, I think one one kind of issue with with, with news apps, but, but I think in, in, in many elements of what we do is the amount of content that is being produced to be consumed, right? So I think if you're a very very slow kind of turnaround so if you if you turn around content at a slower pace than than some publication you may find it hard to to reach a sizable audience and i think a lot of what we kind of think about when we talk with publishers and in terms of platforms is about some form of consistency and we we have had publishers that we've spoken to in the past that have said well we we kind of we deliver like four stories every two weeks all on one day because that's how we how it works in our system and we've kind of said well you know what, it's, it's probably not going to be for you because yeah. you may get a little bit of a blip of traffic from that point on, but it just isn't going to work. It isn't going to work. So it's, 
if you're a publisher that produces a, a, a relatively high output of content, these platforms are, are really, really strong, really, really yeah. strong. But, you know, I think ultimately there's other elements to it. If you're a really niche publisher, you can own a topic in Apple News and you'll receive a lot of traffic from that because people yeah. follow you and they'll follow the topic. But yeah, you know, it, it all comes back to having a good, a good business model, right? I think that there's no point distributing your content on news apps if you have no plan as to what you're going to do when you get those those eyeballs really it's not a place to none of the news apps really are a place to say well you know what we we deliver we deliver content to news apps and i'm sure the money will come flying in so it's it's yeah. not it's part of part of a, a smart business strategy overall really awesome fantastic i think taking a, a change in tact again is a little bit with all of this tell us about flat plan like what does it actually do because it's We've made it, I feel, maybe made it sound simpler than it is. Because the, the way it sounds, I'm always like, oh, it's like a feed of stuff that you just put into, and then it ends up in Apple News. And I'm like, actually, no, the complexities of Apple News mean it can't just be that simple. So flat plan, what is it? What does it actually do? Help help us understand. Sure, absolutely. So flat plan started out, actually, as a tool that was an SDK. So it was we, we asked developers to, 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 to integrate the SDK into their CMSs early on. We found that, that the, the beauty of that was that we only were then concerned with the content itself, and we separated that from design, development, templates, and delivery. That still felt too far from, from what we helped publishers with and what developers had to do. So we moved it a bit closer by by doing it with RSS feeds. So like full RSS feeds, we take the body content from the RSS feed and deliver it into into Apple News using our system. And then we realised that we could remove that entirely by by using web scraping essentially. So all we ask for is the content source, and as soon as we have that content source, that often is an RSS feed. It's often an API endpoint, but it is often an RSS feed because. Most CMSs have them. And as soon as we, re- we receive a, a new article in the RSS feed, we go to the article, we scrape the content from the article, and then we do a bunch of kind of DOM modification outside to get the content into a form that we can then transfer into, into Apple News format uh, and deliver into Apple News from there. So, um, you know, as well as the issue with, with articles being rejected that I spoke to you about earlier, there are a limited number of components, as they're called in Apple News, that are accepted. So an iframe, for instance, or a quiz or a JavaScript widget of some sort on an article, it just won't be accepted and, again, would be rejected. And so we do things like we, we transform an iframe into something that we call a fallback component so that it goes into Apple News and then it can textually make sense or the reader can jump back to the article on the site directly from there. And we do other kind of transformations to make sure that load images work or podcasts are actually transformed into a podcast that's shown in, in the app etc and then we handle delivery from there and we sort of have our support team work with editors and with apple directly to to make sense of strategy but also the technical side of things um, that, go, that, that kind of goes on from there as well so yeah that's 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 a, that's sort of what we do there's a bit more to it than that but but that's you know that's the majority of it Absolutely. I mean, one of the things is Apple News is very highly designed. It's very, most articles are very stylish and polished. And I know Flatplan takes care of, of that, but obviously that's a bit up to the, the end client to be able to, to articulate what it is they, they need and want from that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easier than it sounds actually. So Apple prefers for the, the, the publication on Apple News to, 
to look like the mobile site usually. So what we do is we we carry over typefaces, colorways, everything that kind of matters from a brand perspective, and then add our tools and our elements into yeah. it as well on top of that. So in actual fact, the process is really easy. It's kind of a, the approval process for publishers is more like, hey, have we have we got it spot on in terms of what your digital product looks like on, on mobile? If we have, then happy days, we then um, syndicate into. Fantastic. And obviously, big focus on Apple News, but are there plans to kind of make your work available kind of to other syndication platforms at all or happy to stay with yes. apple news for now yeah yes. you yeah, know so so we are we we are very much focused on apple news but we do also cover all of the platforms that i spoke about earlier actually so the reason i speak about apple news so much is because there's so much value in what we do from a technical perspective really it's tricky right but we do we deliver into flipboard and we we work with so we create topic magazines in flipboard for example Smart news, we, they require a specific format as well. And so all of the news apps we, we deliver to. We don't tend to deal much with Google News, but we do get a bit involved in Google Discover as well, mainly from a sort of strategic standpoint. Um, but yeah, we, in terms of news apps, that's our expertise, really. That's, where we, that's what we obsess over. Absolutely. And if someone, publisher, is just looking at getting started, getting, kicking off their syndication journey is apple news the kind of best place to start or or are they better off going kind of some of these more open platforms good question i think it i think it would very much depend on the publisher themselves i think that one other sort of thing to note really is that apple isn't actively accepting many new publishers now so if you are a relatively small relatively niche publisher it can be tricky to get accepted into it so probably the best place to start would be Probably Flipboard. I think Flipboard is a fantastic place for all. I think all publishers should be on there. We're also seeing Pinterest is actually performing really well for publishers as well. They have that kind of news element to it. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I think, I guess, get in touch. I'd be happy to talk to you about any publishers about what would make sense for them in their, in their use case for sure. Absolutely. Kieran, thank you so much for your time. If people want to find out more about you, about Flatplan, where should they go? What should they do? Sure. So yeah, head to flatplan.io and, and yeah, you, you'll find everything there. And you know what? I'd be happy to talk to anyone directly as well. So my, my email address is kdelaney at flatplan.io. Always happy to talk about media and technology, which is why I'm here, Stuart, as well. That's why you're here. Well, maybe we'll have you on again if I need to fill, fill a spot and we're like, right, <laughs> what's happening? Because yeah, I mean, while, while we're on that kind of topic, I'm fascinated at kind of these like newsrooms that are like not shutting down, but are like really having trouble and kind of so much of it, the newsrooms were born out of social media. So like your vices and your Buzzfeed news that were like these recent vices, recent, but like they built on these platforms that changed dramatically and then took all their traffic away. And I feel like that's it's, a pertinent question for another day when it comes to the syndication stuff. You're like you're putting a lot of eggs in a basket you don't control. But yeah, I think everything's like that with these these platforms, aren't they? And anyway, well, that's, we're getting back yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. We we would have to double the length of uh, of this podcast episode. I've got some very strong feelings on that for sure. So uh, so yeah, you know, maybe we we'll talk against you. I'd love to. awesome. Thanks again, Kieran. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us a review, that would be really helpful. You can review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you've picked this up. We would really love it if you could share it with your network. 
like us on LinkedIn, Twitter. It'll all be in the show notes if you want to if you want to connect, you can grab me on Twitter and Mastodon and LinkedIn. Again, grab them in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. And we will speak to you again in two weeks. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Bye.